You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am excited for today's guest. I have with me Kristen Harcourt. For more than a decade, Kristen has partnered with executives, entrepreneurs, business owners, and emerging leaders and hundreds of organizations worldwide to achieve extraordinary and sustainable results through increasing self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and presence. She's an in-demand speaker and facilitator, and she is also an accredited coach, empowering leaders to become more aware of their strengths, their blind spots, their values, and purpose, so they can build lives and organizations of success, sustainability, and health. Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Darlene. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you here. Um, it's going to be a fun conversation. I'm always looking forward to people that I actually know in real <laughs> life, or actually, I haven't met you in real life, but yeah, I feel like did. I, no, we, we did meet. Oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind now. (laughs) Yes, yes. End of September, we got to meet because I actually was getting on the plane for the first time and feels like forever. I was like, sometimes I'm having a hard time remembering who the heck I know in person these days versus who's virtual because we see each other pretty often in some mastermind different things. So I'm like, I feel like I know you, even though I haven't had a chance to sit down and have too many coffee chats, but we did meet in person. I'm losing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for taking time to be here on the show and- how are things? How's life? <laughs> yeah, that feels like a big question these days, isn't it? Right. Um, things I would say in this moment, things are going well. Uh, definitely, it's been a roller coaster as it has been for many over the last couple of years with balancing everything with uh, kids. Had some health challenges with my husband last year. Um, we have had several snowstorms, so kids not in school. So just the the everyday things, the ebbs and flows that, that show up in uh, in life and in work. But overall, feeling really good today in this moment. Yeah, perfect, beautiful. I know it's been. I've had so many conversations over the past month. We're recording this the beginning of February, and um, I was saying that February 1st was like the new year for me because January just kind of was bumpy. I had this big envision in December where I was, I had everything mapped out for what it was going to look like and how things were going to roll when we flipped over that calendar and had like that clean slate um, to start things. And I was sick. We had a lot going on. I'm like, it just took a lot to get going. And so I'm like, February 1st, it's the Chinese new year. We're going with that as like the kickoff to the year. Yes. And I think we can put so much pressure on ourselves as well that January 1st is the end all be all. And I, I think there's something to be said about having space and, and time to reflect at the end of the year. And I love doing that. But I also try to be 
um, cognizant of um, I'm putting unrealistic expectations and pressure on myself because it's the beginning of the year. Yeah. I do love that clean slate, but I absolutely agree. Like sometimes we put so much pressure on, like we're flipping a calendar, like realistically not a whole lot's changing other than like we're hanging the new calendar up <laughs> and it's got a new picture of a, a kitten or whatever's on the calendar, right? <laughs> so I would love Kristen for you to um, take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about how you um, started your business and what that looked like for that, like your journey coming out of what you did prior to business yeah, yeah. It feels very front and center because I had a five-year milestone um, the beginning of the year in January. Yay, congratulations. Yeah. That's such a huge celebration. It, it, it was. And I really, um, something that I really try to practice and teach others is pausing and reflecting and celebrating and acknowledging and what got me to this place. And so it's, it's on my mind. And, you know, five years ago where I would have been is working in corporate in a job I'd been in for, um, almost nine years at that point, doing work I actually really loved. I, um, doing a lot of consulting, working with organizations end to end globally on talent management. So everything from hiring, developing uh, team effectiveness, performance management, leadership development. So I really, really enjoyed the work, a lot of variety. I could be working with small companies to organizations that had 10,000 employees. Um, and I was an, I was very much an entrepreneur in that role. What I noticed, however, and the itch had been there for a long time, is that I'm still working within somebody else's agenda and where they're taking the business and what work they want to say yes to and what work they want to say no to and what type of clients. And, and I started to recognize that I was getting to a place where I really wanted to build something where it's my baby and I get to decide the direction and I'm creating it and I'm seeing it evolve and recognizing in retrospect back when I was in, in high school in grade, it was either grade or 11 and 12 or 12. I took this entrepreneurship class and I did really well. I remember like really, really thriving in that class. And, and my teacher saying like, you have an entrepreneurial spirit, but then something, you know, you go to get in the real world and you're supposed to get a job and a job and work within an organization and, um, have parents, you know, my husband's an engineer, my dad was an engineer or he, he, before he retired um, and purchasing engineer, my mom was an accountant. So I was very much surrounded by very risk adverse people who say, you know, you get the job, you get the paycheck. And I think perhaps it was, I was um, turning 40 as well. It's just those times where you start to ask yourself deeper questions and what am I here to do? And what's that meaning I want to have in my work and what's really connected to my calling and my gifts and talents. And you know, the itch was just getting too loud. And I recognized it was time for, for me to at least try and take the leap of faith as an, an entrepreneur. And if I were to go back, I, I think I would have preferred to have a bit of my, um, my safety net and have a little bit of money put aside, knowing that this was going to happen, but it didn't really turn out that way for me. I went into my coaching program. I was loving it. I knew that was the work that I was going to do, like really wanting to do a lot of coaching, training and speaking. And my organization uh, talked to my managing director. They were going to be going through changes. And as he told me about those changes, I was like, this is it. Like, this is the time. And so I said, yes, I'm as in, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to exit this role and took the leap of faith. 
without that being planned. Like I didn't know, okay, I'm going to start my business. I just did it. I trusted and I'm happy that I was supported and it went really well, but it was definitely very scary. Um, and the, the first, I would say, you know, 18 to 24 months as you're building a business. And I don't know if anyone, I feel like people somewhat prepared me for that, but I don't think you can really prepare yourself for that until you're in it. Yes. I would completely agree. Like when I think back to my, my journey with starting my business, I've had it for 15 years now. And I, I always go back and talk about like that two year mark is where things really pivoted and changed for me. Like where I finally understood where I was getting it wrong and what things weren't working for me. And I also started showing up more as myself at that point and letting people truly see me. I feel like I was very guarded in the beginning. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll show you a little bit, but you don't, I don't know if I like, how do I, I don't know how to be an entrepreneur, right? Like I didn't know how to put myself out there. My background was retail management. I was great at helping my customers when they came in the door, but I never had, I never had to invite them in the door. They just walked in and then I supported them. So it was a a huge mind shift for me as well, trying to figure out like, okay, how am I going to move forward with this? And like when I got there and realized, oh, this is what is going to work. Like I started tweaking how I was showing up and what I was saying and my messaging and those different things. I was like, oh, things are actually coming together finally. (laughs) Yeah. And what what was reminding me as you brought that up, Darlene, thank you, is, um, the patience piece. Like I know I'm, I'm a high drive. I want everything yesterday. I like just to make things happen. And I think for me, it was, it was learning around, you know, you're planting a lot of seeds, but you don't know when they're going to come to fruition. And for me, that's a bit of a patience game. It doesn't mean you're just sitting there and, and, and just hoping things will show up for you. You're taking action every day. But what I learned very quickly in my business is what does it look like to have non-attachment to outcome, which is not easy as somebody who wants to know yes. how things are going to all transpire. And so I think patience and really recognizing your self-talk as well, because I think we can be really hard on ourselves and have very high expectations that are not, from my experience, that are not necessarily very realistic. Yeah. You were painting a visual for me there. I was like envisioning like the little seeds being planted and we can't just trust that like once we plant those seeds, we have to walk like that we can walk away from them. We have to still show up and nurture them and water them and, you know, fertilize those relationships. Like I'm thinking like relationships with the people that we're connecting with and different things. And you're right. Like some of them pop up within a few minutes of meeting us. And we're like, yeah, I want to work together. Let's do this. And then other people, it takes six years sometimes before they're like, okay, you know what? I'm ready. I just um, signed a client last year who had followed me for six years. I did he had never reached out, never had commented on any of my posts. He was on my newsletter list for quite a bit of that time, but he had followed me for that whole time. And when he was ready to, to hire a business coach, he was like, okay, I'm ready. And I was like, who are you? Like, where'd you come from? And he's like, oh, and when I researched it and we started working together and I like, we were talking about it. He's like, I've been following you for six years. And I was shocked because I was like, what if I would have gave up? What if I wouldn't have showed up consistently? What if I would have stopped emailing my newsletter list or, you know, doing speaking engagements or being on podcasts and doing all those things, I would have stopped watering that plant and it would have died (laughs) and it wouldn't have, you know, come to flourish. So we have to continue to show up for ourselves. And it's, it's a long haul game as an entrepreneur. I know sometimes we see so many people like hang up their single and they make it look like, oh, I'm making millions of dollars and I'm so successful. And in reality, like that's not most people's story. Like it's the constant grit of putting ourselves out there and showing up and being consistent and, you know, 
some days it's hard <laughs> and we don't want to, and we want to bury our heads in the sand and other days we show up and we're excited about doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's and I think it's also when I was hearing you say that it reminds me of the ease and flow too, because I know my propensity is going to be someone who's going to push myself. I'm not so concerned about me taking a break because if I'm taking a break, there's probably a really good reason for taking a break. And so also recognizing what's going on there. And the break doesn't have to be the whole day, right? I, I can't so many times where it's just everything in me was, I just need to go for a walk. I need to go have a yoga class. I need to have what I like to describe as my being time, because then if I have the being time and I'm connected to myself and I'm showing up for my most resourceful self, well, then all the ideas come out because now I'm creative. Now I have access to knowledge that I didn't have before because I was perhaps in some scarcity and, or lack, or maybe I was just really physically or mentally tired and I just needed a little bit of rest. Yeah. No, so true. There's absolutely days where I'm like, I'll sit down at my desk with like a list of things to do. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. Like I need to get up, go for a walk, take the dog out. Sometimes it's, you know, go, doing yoga or sometimes it's meet, meeting somebody for coffee or taking my laptop to a coffee shop. <laughs> I don't get to do that one as much anymore. Thanks to um, the pandemic. I haven't done it, but <laughs> like there's something in that like where it's just taking you called it my being time I call it like me time I'm like even sometimes it's like at 7 30 at night going and taking a hot bath and just like reflecting on what's coming up and what's where I'm feeling stuck at in that moment but yeah I love that you shared that like just get getting up and doing anything can be so helpful and it doesn't have to take the whole day sometimes it's nice to take the whole day like definitely encouraged to take the whole day sometimes too but you don't have to give up on yourself like okay let's totally blow this day and scrap it like that 10 minute, 20 minute walk sometimes is exactly what I need to get back into the flow of things. Yeah, exactly. Totally. What would you say has been some of like the biggest challenges or struggles that you found just as you like stepped into this entrepreneurial journey, like for yourself, was there any like marketing struggles or things that happened that in hindsight, you wish you could have done differently or changed? Yeah. I'm always such a believer that I wouldn't want to change anything because that's my path and that's got me to where I am today. And it's the learning and the growth. Um, however, there's times where the struggles could have looked differently based on how I was interpreting <laughs> the struggle. So that's where I would go back to myself and perhaps be super kind to myself. Like I would to anybody else and say, it's okay, deep breaths. You're going to get through this. Um, yeah. So there's been lots of learning and, and that I've experienced through the struggles or um, through learning more about myself and what I really want and what I want this business to be about. And um, some of the things that show up for me is I think at the beginning, what was really difficult is there's a lot of noise out there telling us the way mm -hmm. this is what you have to do. This is the path. If you don't go this path then you're not going to get the business that you want. And, um, you know, bringing up marketing, marketing, marketing is a billion dollar industry. And there's lots of different people telling you all the things you should, or you must do to be successful in your business. And, um, and you know, it's the whole squirrel, squirrel, shiny, shiny. And so one of the things that I really recognized quickly, is that there is no one right way and there's no one right path and that I have to really, and you're going to hear me talking a lot about this because I'm very much about mind and body and, and that, that, that combination and that I have to really slow down and be discerning and listen and pay attention to what feels right for me. And so in the beginning, I might've thought like, I have to 
blog. I have to create a list. I have to put them in a funnel. And I would notice, I'm like, that doesn't feel aligned for me. So why, why do I have to do that? And so at the beginning, there was that pressure. And then as I started to like really get more comfortable and in ease with what I wanted this business to look like, um, I would be asking myself questions around like, do I get lit up by that? Do I get alive when I do that kind of stuff? Is that something that really energizes me? And if it was a yes, then I thought, okay, that's something that I want to prioritize as something I'm doing from a sales and marketing perspective. And I also started to recognize just because something also felt like a no, it didn't mean that it was a no altogether. It might be a no for me. And guess what? There's a whole bunch of amazing people out there that that is a yes for them because that's their skill set. That's their zone of genius. And I could get other people to do that stuff for me. Uh, but what I think is difficult in the beginning when you're growing a business is it feels hard to make investments, right? Because you're just trying to make money in your business to sort of think about spending money. So it didn't mean that I was going out there and, oh, I'm going to throw money here, throw money there, throw money over here. I would really pay attention and say, okay, if this is something that I'm going to outsource, what's the ROI going to be on this? Like, does, is this worth it for me? And some things I would notice, you know, if I look at the big picture, I don't think this thing is as big of an ROI, but this, like my website, for example, it's not my sweet spot <laughs> to be able to go into websites and create landing pages and all that kind of stuff. But it, my website is important. So that's something where I'm going to outsource and have somebody doing things like that for me. So that was the biggest lesson that I learned really quickly is to continuously check in with myself and, and find out what feels right for me. Um, I also noticed it's very easy to get into comparison mode and you'll see what we see other people doing out there. And again, I should be doing that. And what are they doing that I'm not doing? And I should be doing things differently. And so if I noticed that I was like, I checked in with myself and I wasn't feeling very good, I just would say, I, I today's not a day that I'm going to be on social media because obviously I'm not in the right headspace to be spending time there. So I would, I, I, and I, to this day, I'm very conscious of when I'm on social media, when I'm not, what, what my, uh, my presence state is before I'm going to be spending time there. A lot of people also told me in the beginning that you have to niche, 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 niche. Um, in the U S do you say niche or do you say uh, it's, I, I hear niche or niche and I say niche because I think it okay. sounds way more pretty that way. So I call, I call I it say your niche. niche and I, and I, I talk a lot about like using, like finding your niche, but yeah, you don't have to niche down so small either. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Niche is hard. Well, the other way is very unnatural to me. So I'm going to say yeah. niche as well. So perfect. So <laughs> so hyper-focused, I was hearing like, find your niche, find your niche, find your niche. And, you know, eventually for me, the niche was more about psychographics and really understanding the psychographics of my people, as opposed to it's this industry and these people, right? So I think I also was finding it a little bit tough to navigate. And so eventually I got clear on like, I love working with leaders, but leaders aren't just leaders and organizations. You are a leader. I'm a leader, right? Leaders are who you are being as an entrepreneur and who you're being as a business and how you're showing up as a leader in the world. So I knew that I, I loved working with leaders. And then I got clear on the psychographics, right? I know that my people are type A personalities. They're ambitious. Um, the being stuff is way more difficult for them because they're always doing, 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 doing and into action. And what they need is to take that step back and get a little bit more reflective around who they are and what they want. So that's where, when I started to, and I feel like that was probably in around year two and a half, 
It's like I had permission. Oh, I actually do know my people. I'm very clear and I can speak to them all the time. I know who they are, but it's not a certain job or a certain industry. It's a psychographic. So those are some things that show up for me right away in terms of struggles. Um, I feel like you were in my head as you just like that whole entire segment that you shared, like is exactly how I um, feel and show up and how I teach my clients as well is like really listening to our guts and listening to what our body's telling us when it comes to marketing strategies. And we see what I see so often happen is like, we see somebody else who's in a similar field to us and we're like, oh, well, they're hosting masterclasses or they're on podcasts or they've got a new YouTube show. And we try to emulate what we see other people doing because we feel like, well, that's what they're doing. So it must be working because they have like 5 million likes. So it's got to be working. And then we do it and it doesn't line up with what we want it to do. And then we beat ourselves up because we're like, well, so-and-so did it and they were amazing at it. And I'm struggling at this. And it so often when we go back to it, it's because it wasn't actually in alignment with what they wanted to do. They were doing what they felt like they should be doing, not what they actually wanted to do. And when we find those things that light us up, it makes us actually excited to show up and do it. Like I love having podcast conversations. Not all of my clients love doing podcasts. So it's not part of their marketing strategy and their visibility plan. We find the things that really work for us and we take that and we use that to step into who we truly want to be and grow our businesses in that way. And that's where we find success, right? When we do things that we feel like we should be doing or that we feel like um, we're being told sometimes to even do from our, you know, whether it's, you know, colleagues or coaches or mastermind groups, whatever it's in, sometimes we're like, we feel like we should do it because that's what other people are talking about. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me at all. If I do what everybody else is doing, I'm super grumpy, unhappy, overwhelmed, stressed out, exhausted. I don't want to do it. (laughs) But when I find the ones that actually truly light me up and make me excited to show up, that's when I'm like, okay, this, this works. This is what I want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And what I want to make sure like your audience knows that doesn't mean that there aren't tough things you have to do in their business. Right. Cause I think some people misinterpret like, oh, so you only do fun things. Like, no, (laughs) like there are times where I have to you know, I'm, I'm hitting my edges and I'm getting outside of my comfort zone and I'm doing something that I've never done before. And I'm not thinking, Oh, I'm so lit up and so excited. I'm thinking I am so scared to do this right now, but I know that this is going to get me to a place that I have to, that I I, I'm willing to go to because it's going to be an iteration of something else. Um, or, you know, just times where, even if I think about sometimes with blogging, like my natural disposition, a podcast is like, that's the most fun thing ever. Like I just jump on a podcast. I have a conversation. Um, but there's times where me building my writing muscle, the fact that it's feeling difficult and uncomfortable, that can be some learning and growth for me. Right. And there's something there. Like, I like to get curious, like, why am I so resistant to the writing? Is it just because I don't like to do it? Or is it also because, And for me, it's because when I write, I tend to get more into perfectionist mode and I self edit. Whereas when I'm doing a podcast, there's no, like, I love our conversation right now. I can't self edit. I can't, excuse me. Can I just go back and erase what I just said? I just have to, (laughs) so it's very freeing. And with writing, um, I can self edit, but then it's recognizing, okay, well, what does it look like to stop self editing? Or if I'm going to put a program together, you know, maybe putting a big proposal together, I'm feeling scared because I need to talk to somebody else to talk me through, well, like, how do I write this proposal? Cause doing it myself feels too big. So I just also want to put out there because I think it's a, it's a combination and balance of, yeah, you're doing stuff that keeps you alive, that keeps you alive, that keeps lights you up and that you feel alive. Yeah. 
but you're also sometimes doing things that hit your edges that feels super scary. And I'm doing it all the time. Yeah. You, you just um, reminded me, I was on a podcast recently and she titled it after our podcast interview. It's called, she called it, um, I do scary things because I talk about the fact that that was my mantra. I think it was two years ago. I used that mantra and I kind of just kind of kept it as part of me. Like, what can I, can I what's one thing I can do today that kind of scares me? but excites me maybe a little bit at the same time to put myself out there to play to the edge, to get me out of my comfort zone, to do something where maybe it's not the easiest thing for me. Like those, that's something that like I've had to work with because it's, I can definitely talk myself out of doing something that I know I should be doing that I actually like know is going to help me move my business forward. But it's, it's scary sometimes to pitch yourself to a big conference or um, reach out to somebody who you don't know and you want to be on their podcast or different things. Like it, it takes a little bit of like, you know, working yourself up sometimes and putting yourself out and knowing that sometimes you're going to be told no and that's okay too. And yeah, it's hard. Like I got an email last, not even last week, it was this week. Um, I had pitched myself to a big conference and um, I got a, a no letter in the in my email. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I was kind of looking forward. It was going to be in person. I was going to have to travel and it's okay. Like I'm going to, I did it anyways. And I learned from it and I can tweak my next proposal. And they didn't say like, never apply again. They actually said, we encourage you to supply or to supply, to apply next time. Um, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't personal, right? Like we take things, things, we take things sometimes so personal because these are, these are our business babies. Yeah. But the more we do those scary things and put ourselves out there and um, know that it's not rejection. It's, it's like, we can learn from it. I learned so much from putting myself out there. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, next time I'm going to try this or, oh, I should tweak this or I'll get told no. And I'll go back and I'll talk to my coach or my mastermind sisters. And I'm like, all right, I did this thing and this is what happened. Like, and I get some feedback and I learn from it and I know how to go into it next time and, you know, try it again. Is it going to work out? Who knows? Like sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it's important that we do like push our limits at the same time and don't stay too comfortable in things that we um, think we don't want to do. Yeah. And, and when you were saying that, it's reminding me of too, like even around the whole rejection piece, right? Like it's all our story. It's all our inner narrative. Like if we actually pay attention and pull out our inner narrative and what we're doing on a daily basis, it's quite fascinating because we all have these patterns and we're repeating these patterns over and over and over again. So doing the rejection and, and having something that doesn't say yes. So yes, I love the learning that comes from it, but also can be like, what does it look like? to not attach my worth to someone saying no to me. It's, yeah. They're not saying no to you as a human and that you're like a worthless person, but that's what's happening a lot of times yeah. in terms of our internal narrative or the feelings and emotions are showing up because I know for me, that rejection is bringing up shame from a time that I felt rejection as a five-year-old, right? Like it's, yeah. So it's so interesting. I'm such a big believer. And even those times we are noticing that we're feeling really triggered and something doesn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. Like I'm writing out the, the, the trigger and noticing what was happening. And like, how is this a repeat of something that happened in the, the past with my conditioning that's bringing stuff up for me right now. And that's yeah. where the healing comes in, right? Like the rejection could be healing. If you yes. start to like dissect it and see it differently and be like, oh, this isn't a rejection of me 
This is just, they're running a business. And sometimes it has nothing to even do. Like you could have done the perfect proposal ever. They were looking for a certain, uh, a certain uh, topic from a certain individual or a certain industry and all of that kind of stuff. Or they've already made deals with somebody else behind the scenes. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're never going to be privy of too, right? So it's, I just think it's so fascinating if we're willing to pause and slow down and do the work and use all of those moments to reflect and recognize like what's really going on here. Yeah. There's so much learning and healing. Yeah. I love that like decoupling of it too, like the expectation of, you know, not putting our self-worth on somebody saying yes to something. Like there has to be, you have to separate those two things because your worthiness has nothing to do with the situation at all. And it's those, like you were saying, like those stories that we start to play. Oh, I, and I'm really good. I can make some great okay. stories. If I, if I give, if I let myself go that direction and sometimes I do, I go there and I have to pull myself back in and I have to, you know, self-coach myself back to a, a level playing field. I'm like, all right, this is not true. Like you just made up a really good story, Darlene. And this, like, this is a great story. And some people would believe this. You're believing this right now. And then when I, you know, pull it back together, though, I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's not true. Like all those things that I just envisioned weren't even a factor here. <laughs> totally. Like you said, we're very, very creative. And that's where I think mindfulness practices are so good because yeah. so often we're, we're getting anxious about something that hasn't even happened. Oh yeah. We're Those are my favorite. This, like, <laughs> right. We're creating this whole story. It's like, that is so interesting. Or the internal narrative that we create about a whole scenario. And, and like you said, like when we have the awareness and we pull ourselves out, I will sometimes like be laughing uncontrollably and just like, Oh, Kristen, you're so cute. Like you're so funny. Like that's, that's not true. Or, and in, in sometimes just being very loving to myself too. Right. Like, Oh, sweetie, like it's okay. Like it's, it's, I think it's the, the humanity and the self-compassion that we have for ourselves because we're all doing this. And I think sometimes, and I love that you have the show, Darlene, and we're talking like this because all entrepreneurs, whether they're saying it out loud or not, are all experiencing this. But I think sometimes we have this idea, these people where we kind of put on this pedestal and like, look at their Instagram and look at how many followers it, that it must be different for them. Like even Oprah or Michelle Obama, like they're all humans. I, I mentioned them because I admire them, their role models, but they have challenges just like all of us. And I think sometimes it can feel lonely because we somehow think, well, it's just us. Like nobody else is experiencing what we're experiencing. Yeah. We're doing the whole, woe is me. <laughs> when in reality, it's something that we're all, we've all gone through life experiences. We've all had things that have happened. And, you know, whether it's little T or big T traumas or different things, like those things come back and they for sure stick in, um, in our patterns and until we take the time to really reflect and pull those things out. And like you said, like sit down and like write it out sometimes even too, like, oh, I'm triggered by this because, oh, if I think about it, this happened, <laughs> you know, two weeks ago or two years ago or 20 years ago. And I'm stemming this, this one thought pattern or the story that I'm telling myself based off of this, you know, thing that's not, not true. Or it was a totally different situation at that time. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's why we have coaches. Like you have coaches. I have coaches. Yeah. Like we don't, I, I think the other thing is like, you're not, you're not, you don't need to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's way too scary to do alone. If I, when I, I notice when I don't have a coach for myself, how I can spin and spin and spin. But when I'm involved in a community where I've got my coach and I've got like colleagues, even sometimes who um, I can call and be like, all right, this is a story I just told myself, like, 
And then like, they call you on your BS and like, is that true, darling? And I'm like, oh no, it's actually not true. This is true. Well, why was I thinking this then? (laughs) Where was I going with this whole entire thought process? Yeah. It's funny how our, our minds try to save us and protect us in such a loving, caring way, yet it totally messes up (laughs) our actual thought processes in the moment. So I'm curious when you think about what success means for you, what is like your definition of success? I love this question because I ask my clients this all the time too, because I think a lot of times we are operating out of a definition that is a definition that's culturally created or what our family, our parents believe success is or other people. And it's not actually our definition. Um, So for me, when I think about success, it's definitely linked to abundance. And when I think about abundance, for sure. Like I I would love there to be finances um, that are linked to that and that it allows me to do the things that matter in my world. So I'm not so caught up in how much money I'm making, but it's around uh, whatever work that I'm doing affords me to be able to have experiences with my family. Like that's, what's most important to me. I don't want, I don't care so much about tons of presents under the tree, but I want to go have experiences and travel when we can travel again. Um, and, and just do fun things together. So being able to have the resources, um, to be able to, to, to spend them on the things that matter and important to me. And, um, that's really, and, and be able to give back. Like I'm a big believer that success is being able to also have that monetary funds to give back to people who don't necessarily have access to those resources or pay it forward. Um, and then to me, success is also like a well-lived life that you're, you're showing up in a way that's aligned with who you truly are at the core and, um, and aligned with your values. And so to me, it's about also um, linking in. So mind, body, soul, mind, body, spirit is all in, is all integrated. And so from that place, you're feeling both successful when it comes to um, what you're doing in the world, but also successful around how you're showing up as a human being. So very much around um, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all feels aligned. And you never get to that place. It's never going to be like, Oh, I'm complete. Uh, Like, unless you hit enlightenment, which great if you do, but to me, it's something where you're always working towards that and making progress and staying in alignment for, um, what really matters most to you, um, personally and professionally. Yeah. I love that you said that. Cause it's true. Like sometimes we shoot for a goal or getting to this like place. And then when we get there, we're like, all right, now what? And it's like the next goal, the next um, rendition of wh- who we want to become or what we want to do. It's, um, I think of it oftentimes too, like reading a book, like I could read the same book like 10 times and I'm going to pull something different every single time out of it because I'm in a different place in my life and I've learned new things. And now I'm looking at things in a different light, taking things in differently. And so we're never going to hit like that perfect <laughs> um, place because we're always work in progress. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things we do is like, we're, I consider myself like a lifetime learner. Like there's so many things that I can learn and tweak and change and like get new dreams or new aspirations come up. And I'm like, Oh, where did this come from? Like, I never even thought about wanting this, but now I do like, where did it come from? I didn't want this. <laughs> yes. So yes. it's super interesting. 
Yeah. You're, you're reminding me that I also, I, I'm on a book ban right now. Like for that exact reason, like I'm not allowed getting any more books. I'm going back and reading some of the books and applying it because I think sometimes as someone who is, uh, who loves, who's a personal development junkie, like I can never have too much of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the new shiny thing comes. So I want to do that. I'm like, well, maybe I'm going to go back and reread and be making sure I'm not just reading it, but I'm applying everything that I'm learning in the books. Yeah. Yeah. And that we don't do that as often. I won't speak for everybody. I don't do that as often as I should. I read the book and I'm like, oh, this was great. And then I see something else and I'm on to the next thing before I even took a chance to like implement or really feel into what I thought was so great about the last thing I just heard. I feel like that's how it is sometimes with podcast episodes. Like I'll listen to like a whole bunch of them and I listen to them on like two times speed because I just want to, I don't have a lot of time. So I'm like, I want to hear it really quickly. And then I'm like, what did I even just listen to? Was I even, did I even absorb anything that I just heard um, in the moment? I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. Yep. 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 And then I'm yeah. like, wait, what did I, what did they say? Huh? Like, was I, I started daydreaming or I started trying to work at the same time as I'm listening or yeah. I'm driving and I get cut off and I'm like, wait, I forgot what I even heard. <laughs> so yeah, I think we can like find, finding that balance of what we can consume and what we can actually digest um, is important too. So I love that you called it like you're like banned from new books because yeah. Yeah. I, I'm an audio book junkie these days. I'm like, how many books can I read or listen to? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's not like I'm not going to read. I'm going to actually reread. Like I think yeah. some of those books, like, and my favorite ones, I do go back and read over yeah. and over again, or I just pick it up one day and I just read what I know I need to read in that passage. Um, but I think like, exactly. I think that sometimes we're in such doing mode that we forget like, oh, it's not just the doing of reading and learning it. It's like it's taking a step back and like, how am I going to really take this information and embody it in my day-to-day. Yeah, absolutely. Kristen, this conversation is so good. I know I could keep asking you questions, but I want to keep us a little bit on time. Um, so before we go into rapid fire questions, I'd love for you to share with us, like what's next for you and your business? Like what's coming this year? Yeah. So it's, uh, so I do do strategy planning and it's a balance of strategy planning and then also being open to what shows up. Um, so a lot more training and speaking this year. Um, I'm in the works. I'm starting to do some more executive round tables right now. They've been a lot with HR leaders um, because I'm very passionate about what they're doing in organizations and humanizing the workplace. So I see myself, the, I, I know that my plan this year is eventually get to a place where I'll have an executive um, probably starting off with an executive HR forum where I'm going to have leaders getting together on a regular basis like that. And perhaps other groups will be growing out of that as well. Um, but just continuing, I, I love, I love working with both within organizations, but also people who were in organizations and left organizations, and now they're creating their baby in the world. Um, because I think, again, sometimes entrepreneurs might feel like they have to do it all by themselves. Or what I notice is there's this belief that they have to um, they have to have it all figured out and that through having support from somebody else that they can really figure out what's their version. And I see so many who because I work with high achievers who are ambitious, right? They're working crazy hours in the workplace. And then they think, oh, I need more work-life integration. So they leave it and go become an entrepreneur. And then they just repeat the pattern and cycle all over again as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So to me, it doesn't really matter with the people that I love to support who are those high achievers and um, 
a lot of the doers and, and making things happen, you know, what does it look like to take a step back and be able to give themselves grace and that they also get to have time for themselves and not always because work can become a bit of an yeah. addiction too. Right. Yeah. So to make sure they have that work-life integration. I love it. Beautiful. All right. So let's do some rapid fire questions then. So we can get to know you just a little bit better. Um, are you binge watching anything currently on TV? Um, Ozarks, uh, yes. we just finished off that one. And then my daughter and I have gone back, um, back in the day, I loved Grey's Anatomy and then I had kids, so I hadn't watched all the episodes. So we're going back old school and we're, I think it's season 14 or 15 for Grey's Anatomy. Wow. You, <laughs> there's so many episodes and I just heard they released their, they're signing another one. I was like, yeah. Grey's Anatomy has got to be like one of the longest running series. <laughs> yeah. And you know why I love there. it is because it's from a female narrative. Like the yeah. writers were female and it's so interesting. And it really comes through in the stories and yeah. where they go. And it's very dynamic and, and talking about the real important issues right now that are happening in the world. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably need to do what you've done. I started watching it when it first came out and then I stopped watching it for years. And then I, I think I am watching it right now. I don't, I probably have something on my DVR. I should probably go back and check, but there's probably like, I don't even know how many seasons that I didn't watch in the middle <laughs> that I'm like, I feel like I'm caught up. It's kind of like a soap opera where you can kind of catch up to what's happening, but I love that you're going back and watching. Sometimes I like to go back and watch things again too, that it's been a while and yeah. just like take it back in. <laughs> Um, what is your favorite place to go or favorite thing to do even like when you need to reset, reflect and recharge? Mm, I love this question. Um, I'm so, I'm very, very um, connected to water. So anything where I get to be near the water, ideally a beach, but because I'm outside of Toronto, there's no beaches right now. Um, so for me, that's in, in the summer, we have a pool to so be near the water there, but even just being by the lake. Um, and even just jumping in and having a bubble bath or, or, um, or even washing my hands with water, like all anything involving water, having a shower is very grounding and centering for me. And then I, I really, really love my daily meditation. Perfect. We're so, we're so, we're so alike, Kristen, like I'm laughing half the answers that you've shared today. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. That's me too. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs> I'm a water baby as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, if I need anything, it's like anything with water, like the pool, the beach, anything. And I'm in Southern California. So you can just come see me at the beach yes. and I'm happy to take you there. <laughs> I will take you up on that. <laughs> um, who has been the biggest influence in your life? If you could name one person, who would you say and why? I always say, um, my grade two teacher, Madame Farage, um, because she was somebody at a point in time in my life as a grade two, where I was um, going through some, like some challenges around speech therapy and things like that, where I think my self-esteem was going a little bit lower and she really saw something in me and um, reflected back to me, my potential and took a special interest in me. And I think in that moment as a, um, as, as a young child, it put me on a different path in a different direction and really built up that confidence. And it really stayed with me. Um, and for sure, my dad, my dad's been someone even since like I was little that, um, while he's never been an entrepreneur, like all that stuff where I get all excited and fired up about those things, he just gets just as fired up with me. So, um, I love, I love having those conversations with him. He's always been a really big role model for me. Awesome. Beautiful. And I know I cannot do this, but if I could give you a plane ticket and you could fly anywhere in the world, where would you go today? 
Ah, it's, it's really hard not to limit myself to one place, but right. I always wanted to go to India. It's, it's always been on my list and to like, for sure, go to an ashram if I'm there, but then also of course, experience the culture and, and also see some of the tough parts of India. I think it's creates a lot of humility, um, to see what's going on in that part of the world and where, where I read about it and hear about it and watch podcasts and listen to stories about it. Um, nothing is the same as actually experiencing in real time. And I'm such a, um, I'm such an advocate and a person that likes to speak up on things that really matter. And I think if I experience some things in person, it would translate to me being an even bigger advocate. Yeah, love that. And my last question for you, what does attract and stand out mean to you? Hmm. Attract and stand out to me means that you are showing up as your authentic self and you're uh, embracing what it looks like to really be the person you want to be as a leader in the world. And you're not toning yourself down. You're showing up boldly. Uh, but the, the, I'm careful when I use the word bold because there's different versions of bold, like your version of bold. It could be a quiet bold, right? Because it's really, it's tapping into that authenticity. Um, but it's always in the mission for, for around that and why you're putting yourself out there is because something much bigger than you. And for you to hold yourself back and not do that is a disservice to every person in this world that you could be helping. So beautiful. Thank you, Kristen. It's been so amazing having you on the show today. Thank you for taking time and being here. I know people are going to want to connect with you. Where do you, where do you want to send them? Do you hang out on any social media platforms? You want to come to your website? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Darlene. So um, definitely the places that I like my website for sure is kristenharcourt.com. And then the places I'm active the most, I would say are uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, and Facebook as well, but for sure, LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay, perfect. And you have a free gift for everybody today. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who's interested in learning a little bit more around what it might look like to work in a co coaching capacity, I'd love to have a conversation with you. So I'm offering for guests, for audience members, um, a 20 minute consult. Um, I would just say that when you're filling out the form, which I'm sure Darlene is going to have in the show notes, um, just to reference the podcast. So I know that, that that's an offer that I gave to this audience and, and uh, I'm happy to have a conversation. Beautiful. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. Um, any final words before we finish? Yeah, I would just say everyone who's listening right now, please be super, super kind to yourself. Um, show up with as much self-compassion and grace as you can. I know as entrepreneurs, you're going to have the predisposition to be hard on yourselves. And so um, just give yourself a lot of grace. So good. All right, everybody, that's another wrap for the Attract and Stand Out podcast. Remember, I believe in you. You're allowed to stand out. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to be you. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.